Hello. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you will be encouraged and it builds your faith. Thanks for listening. God can use a donkey. God can use you. And uh, I want you to know if God could use uh, a donkey, God can use anything. We've seen God use some of the most unordinary things in the course of history. God is not respecter of person this morning. But some of the greatest things that God does in our life is being able to learn how to carry certain burdens in our life. Now, the purpose of a donkey is to carry burdens, is to carry. Matter of fact, the uh, uh, donkeys are called beasts of burdens. And so some of the uh, purpose of a donkey is to carry burden. And so it's interesting that some of the greatest work that God does in our life is the fact that there are burdens that the Lord gives us to carry, specific burdens that he gives us to carry, that we are to carry ourselves. And because of those uh, burdens, God does his greatest work in our life. Now, what is a burden? What does that mean to carry a burden? What does that mean to be a burden carrier? Well, I look at it like this. A burden is like the call of God. It's like the purpose that God has for us. In other words, it's carrying Christ. It's carrying Jesus. Now, the word burden uh, comes from a word that means uh, a load or typically a heavy, heavy one. The main responsibility for achieving a specific aim or a task. It's the main responsibility. A burden is the main responsibility for achieving a specific task or a specific aim. In other words, that when God places a burden on your life or places a call on your life or my life, what he's done, that burden is to achieve a specific, a specific task or to achieve a specific aim in our life. And so you say, well, this doesn't sound like a pretty positive message, but I'm here to tell you, stay with me. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about carrying the burden of Christ in our lives this morning. And as we begin this Passion Week, all through this week, if you follow through the Scripture, you will notice that through this Passion Week, we will see that, that the whole week is about the disciples being tested. The disciples of Jesus are learning the burden of Christ. They're learning to carry Christ's burden. And some of them pass the test and some of them struggle. And as we have seen through the Passion Week, you will see that these men, these, these men are, are tested. And so there are burdens of Christ in this week is placed upon them through this. Now I look at the burden as somewhat as a call of God on our life. The donkey's responsibility or his burden was to take Jesus up to the city of Jerusalem. In other words, the donkey's, the donkey's responsibility was that when Christ sat upon him, that his responsibility was to take Jesus up into the city for his, to be presented to the world as the ultimate sacrifice. The whole purpose of God's call in our lives and burden on our life is that Christ may set upon our lives that the burden of Christ, may we carry Christ up the hill into the city of Jerusalem. In other words, we are to take Christ higher. The burden of Christ is to take our call, to take our burden, and to carry Christ higher that he might be seen 
as, and be presented as a sacrifice to the whole world. All of us carry burdens. This week of passion tested these disciples' capacity to carry the burden of God. It reminds us that there is always a place, there is always a price to carry Christ. And our willingness to pay that price will always be challenged. In other words, to carry the burden of Christ and to carry the burden of Christianity, to carry the burden of being a Christian, to carry out your call, that there is always a price that comes with serving God. There's always a price for carrying the burden of Christ. Christ has set upon this donkey. And I want to talk a little bit this morning about the lessons we learn from a donkey. What can we learn from a donkey? What can we learn from this, this, this donkey carrying Christ up into the city this morning. And, and uh, uh, we are really, when we are carrying Christ, we are making room for our call this morning. We're making room. And, uh, and, of course, this is an unusual Easter, as we all know. And, uh, and so we have to learn to carry the burden of Christ, the call in our life, so that we can achieve that specific aim, that specific task in our life, that we may carry Christ to an elevated place, a higher place in which he has called us, that we may be able to present him to the world as a sacrifice to all. And so I'm here telling you and calling you today that, that, uh, that today God is going to unlock inside you the burdens that God gives you, that he's going to lock, unlock inside of you the burdens that God has given you. And in, in his burdens, there are blessings and favor and mercy and compassion and love. In other words, when you carry the burden of Christ on us, what happens is God begins to unlock things in our life that we had no idea was there. But the blessing is, is that as we carry the burden of Christ, there is favor on our life. There is mercy on our life. There's compassion on our life. There's the love of Christ that becomes in our life. Carrying the burden of Christ can produce the greatest blessings that are in our life. And so this morning, number one, I want us to learn from the lesson of a donkey is that the best blessings come from the biggest burdens in our life. That the best blessings come from carrying the burden of the call of God and the blessings of Christ. That in us, out of us, they'll come great blessings out of our life from carrying the blessing. We spend most of our time giving, uh, in most of our lives, pursuing the blessing of God. And we, can, and we pursue that blessing. But God wants us to know that His blessings... His richest blessings, His greatest blessings, His deepest fulfilled blessings that we will ever experience on the face of the earth are locked up, wrapped around the burdens He would call us to carry or to bear. In other words, it's one thing to constantly pursue the blessing of God. But I'm here to tell you this morning that if you'll carry the burden of Christ and you will carry the call and the burden that Christ has called you to, then what will begin to happen is God will unlock the richest blessings, the greatest blessing, the, the, the things in you. He will unlock the richest relationship with Christ that is there. And so the donkey 
seemingly seems insignificant in this story. He seems like the most insignificant thing uh, here, and, uh, and, and he calls this beast a burden that is, that's purpose is to carry the burden on his back, that this donkey, of course, is tied up. He's never experienced freedom, but he's about to embark on a journey that is going to change the course of history for all of humankind. Not only that, God chose a donkey as something as, as something to place a significant to play a significant role in the course of all of history. Isn't it amazing that God used something so significant to play a role in one of the things that would change history forever? That donkey got to be a part. His burden got to be a part. He got to be a part, as insignificant as he was. He got to be a part of changing the history of the world. We can never, we can never uh, devalue the fact of our insignificance in our life. That we too, as insignificant as we may be, you and I have a part in human history. You and I carry the burden of Christ. And that burden is a great responsibility. That the greatest blessings can come from the biggest burden and call on our life. And it gives us the opportunity, though insignificant as we are, to be a part of human history. We right now, in the season that we are in, is the moment where the church has an opportunity to carry the burden of Christ to a world that needs Him, that needs Christ, to lift Jesus up, to elevate Him, to carry Him up to an elevated place where men can see that He is presented as the sacrifice to all the world so that men can see Christ. The burden on the churches this hour is to carry Christ into a world who needs Him right now more than ever in our lives. And we cannot dismiss the fact of the insignificance of which God had chose this donkey. There are times in our walk with God we must be willing to carry the burden of Christ so Christ can be carried to an elevated place so that carrying the burden of Christ we see that every man or woman of God that has ever done that uh, will make a difference. Now, verse 7 is interesting as you read the story because the Bible tells us in verse 7, then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and the Bible said, and he sat on it. He sat upon it. He sat upon it. Now, that's an interesting word, and there is a, a, a couple of meanings, but the root meaning is to sit, of course, but the root meaning is an appointed place. In other words, he didn't just sit. He sat on an appointed place. He sat on a specific place. He sat on a place that was specifically, that was, that was prophesied 500 years before. Jesus just didn't say, oh, I'm just going to sit on a cult. He was fulfilling prophecy as he was fulfilling righteousness. It was an appointed place for him to sit upon that cult. And I want to tell you the burden of Christ in our life is not something that comes by chance. It comes by the fact that God from the foundation of the world and the before time 
planned out your days and planned out my days, planned out history, planned out our lives. And from the very beginning, God planned out our purposes in life. And that burden, when we were able to carry it, now God has put that burden. of Christ has sat upon us the appointment and the things that he has put on our lives. That donkey just wasn't by happen chance. It was an appointed thing that Christ sat upon that donkey. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 20 that Christ, that through the power of Christ and God, that God has seated him in heavenly places. In other words, that by God's divine power, Jesus was appointed to sit at the right hand of God. It's the same word that is used, to be appointed or to be set in place. We can... We can uh, uh, Go through scripture and we can see that, that there are many those in scripture that God has used where he has put his burden upon or his call upon. Matter of fact, some of the most, most powerful people in scripture were those whom God had put his burden on. We take Moses, for instance. Moses was one who grew up and was trained in the royalty of Egypt, but his blessing did not come out of Egypt. His blessing came out of the hand of God The blessing came out of the hand of God from his true calling and his companionship with God came out of the burden that came for the children of Israel when God spoke to him through the burning bush. When God spoke to him through the burning bush, there was a burden that was put upon Moses, a call that was put upon Moses to carry carry the people of God into freedom. And so it was as if God had sat upon him, as if God had put a mandate on his life. Noah, who was ridiculed and built, and, and built a great ark, and he built, built the burden of building something great. He was mocked for it, but out of it, his family was saved. His family came through, and it was out of that ark became a blessing to his family. There was Jonah, who God gave the burden of Nineveh to. There was David, who carried the entire nation upon his back. When I think of Mary, the mother of Jesus, when the angel showed up and visited her and said, you are highly favored, and put the burden on her to carry the Christ child, to give birth and bring him into this world, but not only bring him into this world, but to raise him and to bring him up and then have to stand at his feet while he was being crucified. It was a burden that God put upon her, and it was a burden that she carried. It was a burden that she carried. I think of the apostle Paul who was going about his business, who was going about doing those things which he had always done in life until the moment when God showed up to him in Acts chapter 9. He was tied up in religion just like this cult. He was tied up in religion and he didn't know it. And out of his greatest encounter with God came his greatest burden. Listen, the thing that comes out of our encounters with God is that God will put a call on our life. He'll put a burden on our life. And I want to tell you, when we have an encounter with Jesus like Paul did, came the burden of the gospel that came upon Paul, and Paul began to minister the gospel. Now, all through Scripture, we see this expression that Jesus sat. And when we see this expression, 
It's, it's in Matthew chapter 5. It said Jesus sat, and when he sat, he drew his disciples to him. Mark chapter 9, it said that when he sat down, that he called, he called uh, all of them to him and began to teach them. In Luke chapter 4, verse 20, the Bible said, And when he was in the synagogue, he closed the book and sat down, and every eye fixed upon him. In other words, wherever Jesus sits, wherever Jesus sits down, he's always pulling disciples to him. Where he sits, he's always calling attention to who he is. And I want to hear to tell you that we as believers, as we feel the burden of Christ and carry the burden of Christ in this Passover season, in this Easter season, on this Palm Sunday, I'm telling you that there is a burden that we have as the church to carry Christ to a another level in the hour we live in. And I don't know if you're ready or not, but God wants to sit upon you and let the burden of God, the call of God be fulfilled in your life. This insignificant donkey was set aside 500 years before he was appointed and set aside for the purpose of God. I'm telling you, God takes detail in the call on our lives. And we have to understand that that God will use the most insignificant things to do his greatest work. If you would turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul expressed this. He expressed it better than anyone that I know. uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and we see it this way. In In verse 28, Paul says it like this. He said, besides the other things... What comes upon me daily? My deep concern for all of the churches. In other words, what comes upon me daily? In other words, what Paul is saying, what is put upon me? The pressure that is put upon me. What is sat upon me gives me great concern for the church. Verse 29, who is weak and I, I am not weak. Who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation. Verse 30, If I must boast, I will boast in things which concern my infirmities. In other words, Paul saying if I must boast, I boast about the things that concern my infirmities or concerned about my weaknesses. Now, listen to me. Here's Paul, and what he's saying is, is that the burden of God has been put upon him. And that burden that has been put upon him and he is, it is not, even though that burden is, is heavy, even though that burden brings a concern, Paul said, for I am not carrying it by myself, for I am carrying it with one who is greater than I. But then he goes on to say this in verse 30, if I must boast, I will boast the things which concern my infirmities. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying this. He's saying that when the burden of Christ comes on my life, What happens is, usually, our weaknesses is exposed. See, carrying the call of Christ, Christ sitting upon us, the burden of the call of God set upon us. In other words, when when it sets upon us, what is it doing? What is happening is, is that burden all of a sudden now reveals the weaknesses that are in our lives. It shows us where we're strong. It shows us where we're weak. And you say, well, is that God's way of crushing us? No, it's God's way of showing us the areas of our life that we need to bring and bring under authority to God. Look at chapter 12 and beginning in verse 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance 
of revelation. A thorn in my flesh was given to me, a messenger, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I exalt above measure concerning this thing I plead with the Lord three times that he might depart it from me. In verse 9, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I, will, I would rather boast in my affirmities that the power of Christ may what? It says that the power of Christ may rest upon me. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying that the burden of life, that there is a thorn in his flesh, there is a pressure in his life. In other words, the thorn in the flesh was exposed by the burden of carrying the gospel. Christ wasn't the thorn in the flesh, but the thorn in the flesh came as he began to carry the burden of Christ. As he began to carry the call, the thorn in the flesh was exposed to Paul. But Paul says, this is a great opportunity. I've asked the Lord to remove it. But God, in the midst of my weaknesses, God has made his grace sufficient for me. Hallelujah. Praise God. For my strength is made perfect in my weakness. In other words, God has brought sufficient grace that when I carry the burden of Christ, when I carry the burden of Christ to a higher level and go to a higher level, all of a sudden my weaknesses become exposed. And when they are exposed, God sends his grace that is sufficient for us so that in our weaknesses we might be strong. Man, I'm telling you, praise God for his burden. Praise God for his call on our life. Because in the midst of his call upon our lives, as we travel our journey to elevate Christ in our life, all of a sudden, these things that are exposed in our life, God can begin to deal with, and we can begin to put them under the grace of God and put them under the blood of Jesus. That's a powerful word for us this morning. But Paul's not done. Look what Paul said in verse 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities and in reproaches and need and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then he is strong. My goodness, that should encourage you this morning. In other words, the burdens that God asks us to carry, your greatest burden will now become a blessing to your life. In other words, God takes your weakness. By carrying the burden of Christ, your weakness is exposed. And when that weakness is exposed, God's grace will cover that weakness. But God will not only leave that weakness right there, God will turn that weakness and now what used to be a weakness in your life now becomes a strength in your life. That is why the burdens that you carry become the greatest blessings in your life. Because that which disqualified you as weak on one moment, now, because you carry the burden of Christ, now it becomes your strength. That weakness is turned into strength. In other words, Christ will ask us to carry what we feel is impossible. He will ask us to carry what we feel is impossible. And out of that, the blessing of God and his strength will flow out of us. That there will be the great favor and richness of relationship. There will be honor and blessing and strength and grace that comes out of it. His greatest blessing came from our greatest burden. In other words, he becomes the greatest blessing when we carry the burden. 
So that donkey had to learn how to carry the burden of Christ. We have to understand that the burdens that we carry in our life, each one of us have specific burdens. Some of you are carrying burdens that that others cannot carry. And sometimes Christ will ask us to do the things that are impossible. Only because so he can show his strength through us. I'm telling you, he chose that insignificant cult that had never been ridden. That cult that had never been freed or from being tied up. That insignificant cult that had never been ridden. All of a sudden, the burden came upon that cult. And I guarantee you that supernaturally, as Jesus rolled that cult up into Jerusalem, there was a supernatural strength that came upon that young cult in order to carry the burden of Christ into the city. Number two. Not only is our our greatest burdens our greatest blessing, that out of our greatest burdens come our greatest blessings, but number two, God chooses the unqualified to carry his most prized possession. Verse 2 of this chapter, verse 2 of Mark chapter 11, you will see, and he said to them, go into the village opposite of you, and as soon as you have entered into it, Uh, find a colt tied on which no one has sat, loose it, and bring it to me. Now this is a colt. This is a young donkey. No one has ever ridden this donkey. Not only does he choose the donkey, instead, now have you ever wondered why Christ did not say go get a stallion or go get a, a beautiful white horse that's full of majesty and strength? You ever wondered, he didn't go get that white stallion. And and listen, this is a procession. This is a triumphal procession. He is presenting himself as the spotless lamb of God. Now, Jerusalem had known processions before, but they were the processions of Roman emperors that would come in after the great victories with the spoils, and those Roman emperors would ride in on those white horses and majesty, and they would ride in on those horses and their strength and their majesty and all of that pomp and circumstance. Here, God reaches out, Christ reaches out to a young donkey that is unqualified, a donkey that has never been ridden, never been trained, never been asked to do anything like this, never been ridden, and he had never carried anything in his life, all of a sudden the unqualified now is to carry uh, the world's greatest possession, which is Christ. I begin to think about that, to carry the weight that he's never carried before. The burden that, that, that way outside his ability to do or what he's ever done. He's carrying the Messiah, God's representative, God's redeemer to all of mankind. In other words, the most significant person in human history that was ever born. I want to tell you those white stallions carried Nero. Those white stallions carried Claudius. Those white stallions carried Caesar. Those white stallions carried Alexander the Great. They carried great leaders into cities and great possessions. But I'm here to tell you that this young donkey that was unqualified had the ability and was asked to carry the most precious human being ever born to mankind. The man who represented the redemption for all of man. God took that which was unqualified and put his burden upon and sat upon it. What was he saying when he did that? I'll tell you what he was saying when he did that. When he did that, he was saying, I trust you. 
I trust you with a burden that represents the prophecy that was over 500 years old. It's worth celebrating because you and I really are unqualified this morning. We're really unqualified to carry the burden of Christ. We really are unqualified to carry the, the burden and to carry Christ. We really are unqualified really to do whatever he has called us to do. We must understand that it is not in us to do what God has called us to do. He asks us to do that which is far beyond what is in our capacity to do. But he is willing to ride upon us and to set upon us. In other words, when he calls us to something, you can't look at your inability to do it. You have to look at the, the strength of Christ to perform it through you. Somebody this morning needs to understand that you are not unqualified. God will qualify those whom he calls. He will qualify you. If he's called you to do it, he will give you the strength to fulfill it. Whatever he calls the church to do, whatever he calls River Valley to do, or any church in this city, understand that with Christ you are qualified because he has called you to do it. I want you to know this morning that 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, we now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. Do you realize it says that the light of God is inside of us and we like clay jars are carrying this great treasure inside of us? Do you realize the same power that rose Christ from the dead lives inside of you and I? And I'm here to tell you this morning, God is qualifying you because if he's called you to do it, you're already qualified. You may not think you have the strength to carry that burden, but as you carry that burden, Burden and your weaknesses are revealed, God will give you sufficiency of grace to overcome those weaknesses in your life and what used to be weak now will become strong in your life. I declare it, says the Lord. And so this morning, He trusts you and I to carry the burden of Christ, the Spirit of God that lives in us, the Spirit that rose Christ from the dead. He dwells inside this broken, fragile messed up jar and he trusts me to carry it. I'm telling you that inside of us is the broken clay of humanity, is the broken clay of this world. I'm telling you that I'm not qualified to do anything that God is. I have weaknesses in my life and believe me, I know how fragile I am. I know how messed up I am. If anybody knows how messed up is, is me. I know areas that I'm weak. I know areas that need to be brought to the cross. But I believe this, as I carry the burden of Christ in my life, that as I carry that burden, as we journey along, along the way, as soon as I become weak, He becomes my strength. And He will do that for you also. We are not worthy. David said it like this in 2 Samuel 7, Who am I that you chose to bless my household? Job chapter 7 says, Who am I that you are mindful of me? Job said. Psalms 8 says it's like this, Who is man that you are mindful of us? In other words, the, the son of man that you visit him. In other words, Christ makes you and I more than conquerors in him. That we have the ability to carry the burden because he has put on us 
the ability to carry the strength of what he has called us to do. In other words, God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think. How many know God can do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think? You know, I get a joy at kids. You know, we have a preschool here at church, and occasionally I will see them going through the hall. And one of the things that when the teachers, Miss Michelle and Miss Laura, have them line up, it's always this battle on who's going to be the leader. I see an elementary school, and as I, my brothers and sisters, as we grew up, uh, we all wanted to be the leader. And as we would walk down the road, one would get in front of the other, and the other would get in front of the other, and we would get in front of this one, and we would continue to get in front of and to lead, and I want the lead, I want the lead, I want the lead. And I'm here to tell you that the word exceedingly there, it's an interesting word because it means to exceed in our shortcomings, exceedingly beyond where our limit is. It means to be exceedingly beyond where we are. In other words, when your marriage gets out in front of Christ, Christ comes out in front of your marriage. He exceeds it. When your finances get out of order from the word of God, God gets out in front of our finances. When our faith gets out of order, Christ gets out in front of our faith. And he gets exceedingly and abundantly above all and does exceedingly and abundantly above all which we can do in our own strength. In other words, he exceeds our shortcomings. He exceeds our inability. He exceeds our doubts. And so I'm here to tell you that carrying the burden the carrying the burden of Christ, carrying the burden of Christ, that he chooses the unqualified to carry the most precious possession. And he does that by giving us strength and the ability and exceedingly ability to go beyond what we could carry. Number three, when you are carrying the burden of Christ, he does all of the heavy lifting. When you're carrying the burden of Christ, he will do all the heavenly lifting. Now, we know that this donkey is carrying a load. He's never had a load like this before. This burden that he is carrying, and uh, uh, he's carrying this, but he is carrying Christ. But I want you to know this morning, Christ has carried the greatest of all burdens. He carried the burdens of all of our sin, all of sin of humanity. He carried them to the cross. And I want us to know this morning that when you carry the burden of Christ, we know that Christ has done all of the heavy lifting. In other words, when you have done when you are, what you are carrying and what God calls you to carry, you can understand that Christ will be your help to carry, but understand that he has carried the greatest burden of all, which is the sins of all humanity, that he carried and was put on him the sins of all mankind. And so when you carry the burden of Christ, he does all of the heavy lifting. In other words, he's took, listen, carrying the burden of Christ, he's taking out the heavy lifting. He has taken care of the burden. He has lifted that burden and made that burden lighter than what it would have been. In other words, now that donkey, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness by his wounds. We have been healed. In other words, his burden is greater. His burden was heavier. His sacrifice was greater. In other words, God gives us burden 
and, and he asks us to carry it. He trusts us with it, and, but he is the one that carried the greater burden. Anytime we get tired, he is willing to help. He is willing to carry. He is willing to be our helper. He is willing to carry the greatest part of the burden. You know, when I, I, as I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about when my kids were younger and we would go to the grocery store. And, uh, of course, we were like a tribe going to the grocery store, had three children, and, and we would come home and we'd have bags of groceries. And uh, I would get as many bags as I could in a trip. Now, I don't know what the record is, but I could get a bunch of bags in this hand and a bunch of bags in this hand. And, uh, and I'd be carrying it in, and I, I would always ask the kids to at least grab a bag, to at least grab one bag, just one. I mean, I'll, I'll carry the most of it, but just get one. And, and there's always that one child that would get, get their bag, and, and it'd be bread, or it'd be potato chips, or it'd be something, the ho-hos, or something light. And they'd be like, oh, Dad, I can't carry this. This is too heavy. And it's one bag. And I've got seven or eight in my hand. But I always reach over and take their bag. Say, here, put that on my, on my finger. Put that on my, on my finger there, and I'll carry it. And, 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 and it was like that, that small request there at times became a burden in their life. I'm here to tell you that what Christ asks us to carry, he'll put no more on us than what we can carry. But you know there are times that our burdens ourselves begin to weigh us down. Thank God we have a father who carried the weight of the sin of the world that he can reach down and help us carry burdens at times when our burdens become heavy. He's there. He's ever-present help in time of need. When we need him, he will help us carry through what he's asked us to do. Psalms 55, 22 says this. Last Cast your burden on the Lord. The word there is released your burden. Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain and uphold you. He will never allow the righteous to be. Listen to this word. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. In other words, what he says is, cast your burdens on him. Release those burdens to him. Why? When you release those burdens to him, he will sustain and uphold you. And he will never allow the righteous to be shaken. How many are glad that in this time, in this hour, when everything around us is changing, everything around us is shaking, at this moment, he will not allow the righteous to be shaken. And what that word means, he will never allow the righteous to be slip to fall or to fail. How many are glad that in the midst of this coronavirus epidemic, we're carrying the burden of Christ to a lost world, but as heavy as it could get, as the burden can get, as worrisome as it can get, we know there is a Savior we can cast our burdens and release our burdens upon. He will sustain and uphold us. And we, as we walk in righteousness, he will not allow us to be shaken this morning. Some of you just need to shout right there in your home. I will not be shaken. I will not be moved this morning. I will not be shaken. And I'm here to tell you that when you carry the burden of Christ, he does all the heavy lifting. He carries it. He carries what we cannot carry. 
He's there when we become weary. He's there when we become weak. Matthew 11, 28 says, Come to me, all you that are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank God this morning. We don't have to carry it alone this morning. We have a Savior that says, take my yoke upon you, for, for, I, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, we can't allow the burden of Christ to scare us and cause us come to a place of helplessness. I know this is an unusual message to talk about carrying burdens, but the truth is in this hour, we've talked about pursuing the blessing so long, we forgot what it is like to carry the burden of Christ to our world, to be to be, uh, uh, we've been so self-sufficient so long, we've lost the fact that we have to carry the burden of Christ and that carrying the burden of Christ, not only is it a burden that leads us up to a higher place, but it is a burden that also exposes our weaknesses in our life. But here's what I've learned. I've learned that God, God helps us through every area where we feel like we're slipping, where we feel like we're falling, where we feel like we're being overran or overtaken. God shows up in the midst of that, and he becomes our strength, and he carries the burden that we cannot carry. In other words, he picks up what I can't carry. Some, some of you just have to say, God, this is your home. I can't carry this, but this is your home. Some of you got to say, God, as we have got to say, I've got to say as a pastor, God, this is your church. This is not my church. This is your church. You've got to help me carry the burden of this church. This is my, this is my family, God. This is my, this is my job. This is my business, not mine. This is your business, God, not mine. This is, this is a job that you gave me, God. This is not a, a, a my, I can't do this in my own strength. I can't run this business in my own strength. I need help. This burden, you've given me a burden to carry Christ through my business, to be a witness to Christ through my business. But every burden that comes on my business, I can't always carry because I know that you've carried the weight of humanity upon you and you have made my burden light because of what you have carried for me. Some of you have to say, Lord, you are going to be the one that carries my ministry, not me. And so, number four, Carrying the burden does not mean you carry the credit. In other words, carrying the burden does not mean you carry the credit. I'm about done here. I'm going to finish up here real quick. But carrying the burden does not mean you carry the credit. In other words, in verse 8, we see all of a sudden this procession begins. And in verse 8 of chapter 11 of Mark, and many spread their clothes on the road and others cut down leafy, leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In other words, they spread their garment. One translation said in one version, in another, in one of the books, uh, another gospel said this, that they laid and spread their garments ahead of him. In other words, Jesus was the center of this procession. The donkey wasn't the center, but it does say that they laid their garments ahead of him. Who were they speaking of? Was they speaking of Jesus or the donkey? 
Who were they laying their garments before? But listen to this. Think about this for a moment. You and I represent the donkey. I think that's fitting. And uh, uh, we represent the donkey. In other words, uh, it's really easy to be like this. It's really easy. In other words, it's, it's really easy for that donkey to begin to think that he was the big deal. He was carrying the burden of Christ as he was carrying it through that procession. All of those began to lay their garments before him. All of those began to cry out Hosanna and to, and to give accolades. All of them began to show favor. All of them began to show praise and expression. And it was the donkey that walked upon the coats. It was the donkey that walked upon the garments. It was the donkey that was experiencing the blessing. It was the donkey that was experiencing the accolades, the favor, the mercy. It was the donkey that was experiencing everything. He's the one that experienced it all. And it'd be easy for us in the midst of our carrying Christ as as the burden of Christ in our life that all of a sudden when we begin to go from glory to glory and victory to victory, when we begin to see the praises of God in the finished work that we do, all of a sudden it'd be very easy for us to take the credit for what God has done. Even though we are the ones that are experiencing the goodness, it's very easy for us to take the credit But I'm here to tell you that all the accolades and the praise were not for the donkey. The praise and accolades were for Christ himself. And we have to understand in carrying the burden of God that we have to understand that we can't take credit for what God has done for us. In other words, God put that burden on us. And that burden is the one that his burden that he put on us has, has, has produced blessing and favor and has produced grace and victory in our life. That's not for us. That's for him. Every victory Christ does in your life is not for you. Every victory that he takes you into, every work of grace that he does, every, every overcomer's moment is not for you, but it's to give Christ the glory for what he has done in you and through you and by you this morning. Y'all hearing me this morning. God gave you that. God gave that to you. God gave you the victory in that. And we get the blessing and we get, we, he gets the glory. We get the blessing, but he gets the glory. We get the experience and he gets the honor. In other words, we get to experience the victory that comes, but he gets the honor for the victory. We get the blessing that comes, but he gets the glory that comes with it. And we have to understand that carrying the burden does not mean that we carry the credit. Finally, this morning, I want to finish and close with this. Number five, I cannot carry the burden until first I am untied. That young colt was no use to Christ until first he had been untied. The Bible says that Jesus said to those disciples to go into town and when they find him, um, they described him, who he, where he would be and what he would be like. They described who he was and the disciples went and found him. And when the disciples found him, they untied him. In other words, he had to be untied. He had to be, he had been standing there at a gate or at a door, one translation says, He had never known freedom. It was not his desire to be tied up. He had never been trained. He had never been ridden. 
And he had never, and it says to the disciples, it says, now I want you to find that cult and bring that cult to me. Listen, it's the job of the disciples to go and find those that will be burden barriers. It's the disciples' job. Jesus calls every disciple to go around and find burden barriers, those who will become Christ and carry the burden of Christ, that we are to go into a world and look for the young colts and look for those who, who have, have been tied up, those who have been bound, those who have been tied up, and we are to loose them and bring them to Christ. In other words, in order to be a burden barrier, we must be untied. Look, in verse 4, the Bible says they were tied up. You know that comes from the Greek word. It means to be bound, to be fastened, to be contained. In other words, to be tied up. Listen, many of you this morning, you have not been able to carry the burden of Christ because you have been tied up. Shame has tied you up. Depression has tied you up. Bondage has tied you up. There's things that have tied you up. But specifically this morning, and as I was praying, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, much of the church has been tied up with contentment and tied up with comfort. And the reason we're unwilling to step out and pay the price for Christ is because we've been tied up with contentment. We've been tied up with comfort. In other words, some of us don't want to be untied. We're attached to our comfort we don't, because we think that the burden looks more, looks worse than the contentment. In other words, some people say, I don't want to give my life to Christ. I don't want to sell out and carry the burden of Christ because that seems hard. That seems, that seems too difficult for me to do. I'm here to tell you that once you are untied and you've been brought to Jesus and he sets upon you, I know that there is a burden to carry, but I'm here to tell you the blessings are greater, the experience is greater, the power is greater, the transformation is greater. All you have to do is be willing to be untied and led to Jesus that he may set upon you, that his burden may come upon you, his call and direction for your life may lead you and as you travel into Jerusalem, as you carry Christ into the last days to be presented as a sacrifice, you will see that God, his blessings will be greater than what you've ever experienced. It's no comparison to the burden or the price that is paid. In other words, the devil will use contentment in order to keep you and I tied up. See, Christians, we're not called to be comfortable and we'll be content but we're called to carry the burden of Christ. This great, this hour that we are in right now, this is the hour we're to carry the burden of Christ. This is the hour we are to allow Christ to set upon us that His righteousness may come through us, that He may begin to deal with our weaknesses as a church at whole and begin to deal with those weaknesses and that in our weaknesses He could be strong. This is our hour. This is our moment. I want to give you one last word in the Greek this morning. It's the word untie. It's an interesting word. It comes from the Greek word leo. And uh, it means loose what is compacted or built together. It means to break up or demolish or destroy. 
In other words, Jesus used this word one other time in Scripture. The word untie here means when he unties, it means to loosen. It means to break up. It means to demolish and destroy that which has been built together or that which has been compacted. In other words, what what is he saying here? What is he saying? He used this word one other time. He used it when he was raising Lazarus from the dead. And Jesus said, loose him. The Greek word was to loose him, to destroy death, to destroy what was compacting him, to destroy what was restricting him. And my prayer this morning for you is my prayer is this, is that God begins to untie you this passion season. Some of you have been tied up. Some of you have been bound. Some of you have not carried the burden of Christ. Contentment has fulfilled your heart. Comfortability has fulfilled your heart. But I'm praying this morning that God unties you. And as he unties you, he's going, as he brings you closer to Christ, Christ will set upon you and you will carry the burden of Christ in this hour. I'm here to tell you that we need to be a church that just doesn't pursue the blessing of God and not understand the call or the burden. We need to make room for growth this morning. We need to make room for our time this morning. And we need to make room to carry the burden of Christ this morning. Maybe you're watching this morning and listening. We thank you for joining us this morning. But maybe you've been tied up. Maybe you're like that colt. Maybe you, you have been tied up and things have bound you, kept you from being used and carrying the burden of Christ. I untie you this morning. Maybe you feel like you're insignificant. You don't feel like you have the giftings or the talents or the qualifications to do what God has called you to do. I untie you this morning. I untie those this morning that have been tied, that, that it's unnatural for that donkey to be tied up. It's unnatural for him to be tied up like that. It's unnatural for a believer not to be, to be carrying a burden. It's unnatural for a believer not to be used in the kingdom. It's unnatural for a Christian to just sit and not do anything. It's unnatural for a Christian not to be used in this world. And it's especially unnatural for a Christian in the hour we live in when people are hurting more than they've ever hurting for us to sit back and not give hope to a world that needs hope. You say, well, we're not able to be at church. Let me tell you something. You can be the church wherever you're at. And you may have an essential job, or you may not have an essential job. Maybe your greatest ministry this morning is to your family. Maybe that's the burden you carry during this season. Maybe that's the burden. But you, maybe you say, well, I can't. Untied. Be untied this morning. I'm telling you, this word speaks to me. The burden of Christ comes upon us, and we feel that pressure As Paul says, and we feel that pressure upon us, and all of a sudden that pressure pushes out the weaknesses that are in our life. It exposes the weak. The closer you get to God, the more you realize your humanity at a greater level than you ever have before. What the Bible says is we draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to us. They brought that colt to Jesus and he sat upon it. The colt had never been ridden. 
You know why that colt didn't buck Jesus? One, I know it was a supernatural thing. I had a great uncle. My family is from East Tennessee in western North Carolina. My grandmother on my mother's side was one of 15 children. And uh, there were a couple sets of twins that were in there, and they had the most unusual names. Her name was Aura. And then there was Lola Bell. And then there was twins that were named Minnie and Pansy. And uh, they had the strangest names, of course, as they did back then. But my grandmother had a brother, and his name was Sam. Sam Arwood was his name. He lived in Irwin, Tennessee. I pastored in Irwin, Tennessee, where my family was from. I pastored in that city. And it was interesting because when I got to that city, a lot of times when you go into small towns, if you've not been in that small town, they kind of look at you at times as an outsider. But when they found out I was an Arwood, and they found out that my family was from that town, it was just as if I lived there all my life. But my great uncle, his name was Sam Arwood, and Sam Arwood farmed all of his life. And uh, he died in the early part of the late 90s, I believe. And uh, he had a farm there in Irwin where I pastored. And uh, it had been years since I had seen him and hadn't seen him in years. But uh, people in the town would tell me some of the funniest stories about him. Well, he had a team of donkeys that he used to plow, even after technology came out, he was using those donkeys to plow his land because that's just what he'd known. And, uh, but he always had the toughest time with those donkeys. Those donkeys was always being stubborn, and, 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 and nobody's proud of this, but he would abuse those donkeys in order to get them to do what they do. And uh, as I began to research for this message, I found out that the stubbornness of donkeys is not because donkeys want to be stubborn. The stubbornness of donkeys comes out of the fact that they don't feel safe when they're led to do something. And I thought to myself, how much like that in human nature are we that our stubbornness becomes in our lives when we become fearful of what God asks us to do? That we remain tied up. We're unwilling to carry the burden of Christ. Our stubbornness comes in our willingness to carry Christ because we're afraid of our safety. We're afraid of what we've been asked to do. I'm here to tell you that many of us step out into this place of carrying the burden of Christ. We have great fear we, because we don't know the unknown. That donkey had no idea what was ahead of him as he traveled that two and a half miles from Beth, Bethany all the way into the city of Jerusalem, heading up, 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 up each time. The crowd's getting bigger and bigger as they would come into the city. If you're sitting there this morning and you're watching this, I'm just going to pray a prayer. And when I pray this prayer, you're going to become untied. And all of a sudden, the call of God, God's purpose for your life is going to be laid upon you. And I want to encourage you to carry the burden to understand these principles, that carrying the burden, carrying the burden. You and I both are insignificant in this thing, but the truth is we have a great responsibility to carry because on our, we are carrying the greatest possession that has ever been given to humanity. 
Father, I pray this morning, those that are watching, I pray that you will untie the very thing that has kept them bound during this season. I pray, God, that you will begin to loose them. Loose them from depression. Loose them from discouragement. Loose them from weaknesses in their life. Break the bondage and fears of anger and fears of of failure and fears of falling and slipping. Because God, those who walk in righteousness, you will not let be shaken according to Isaiah 55 or Psalms 55. Loose them, God. Loose them. They've been tied up. God, we as disciples, let us go and untie those colts that have been tied up. We as disciples, let us hear the words of Jesus when he says, go and find the colt and bring him to me. We need to go find those that are tied up. And we as believers in the church can need to carry the burden to find those that have been tied up and bring them to Christ. Lord, if there's anyone that's listening this morning that doesn't know Jesus or wants to make a fresh confession to Christ, I pray that they will pray this prayer right now. Lord Jesus, I pray that you forgive me of my sin. I pray that you will wash me. I believe your son died on the cross and rose again on the third day and that his resurrection, his blood has paid the price for me for salvation. And I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Christ rose from the dead. I put my trust in Him. I know that by my confession, old things have passed away and all things have now become new. I know that Your Word says that He that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I call upon Him right now to come into my heart and to live inside of me. And I know that when He comes and lives inside of me, all of a sudden the burden of Christ will come upon me. And I pray that You will give me the strength to carry the burden of the gospel of Christ and carry Jesus to a higher level. Lord, I pray everyone that's listening this morning that you will give them the strength of the burden to carry Christ to a higher level so that he can be seen and presented as the spotless lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Lord, we thank you for those that are watching and has watched this morning. We pray the peace of God upon them. Until we can come together again later this week, we pray that you will keep them. That the burden of Christ that they are carrying is the most precious possession that they have. And we pray that in our weaknesses, you've made us strong. Lord, thank you. If you're listening this morning, you prayed that prayer, we want you to give us a call. We have people that are ready to pray for you. You can give us a call at 812-265-5683. If you'll call, we'll pray for you right now. If you have a need right now, if you want to be untied right now, you can call. Thank you for joining us for River Valley Community Church's podcast. If you feel led to give, you can click on the donation link in the description or visit our website at rivervalleymadison.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.